0: even in the direst circumstances, people seek out their purpose in life. That was Viktor Frankl in Man's Search for Meaning. And in this week's episode, we're looking at how to make your work meaningful or meaningless. As human beings, we have a deep innate desire to find meaning in our lives. We want to matter. For some it's to leave a legacy, to put a ding in the universe or to enjoy the satisfaction of a job well done. For others it's about success, reputation or recognition. For many who have found their true meaning they know it's about others and less about self. And yet for many, many more, it's an unknown, idealised and unrealistic dream. Researchers have shown that meaningfulness is more important to employees than pay and rewards, promotions or even working conditions. Work that is meaningful can be highly motivational performance-enhancing, satisfying and leads to greater commitment. recently I was running a workshop with a group of millennials and I was unsurprised that not one of them had a clear purpose for their life. Not even a career plan or really a semblance of any idea what they wanted, let alone why they might have been put on this earth. And my surprise was that this time not one of them has put thought into it. Usually, one or two will tentatively raise their hands that they have some sort of idea or plan for their very own future. And yet, we hear so many stories that millennials seek more from jobs than a salary they are apparently greatly concerned about environmental issues climate change social injustice and they want to be engaged at work yet less than 30 percent of them are and they seek personal life balance in their work oh so not very different from gen x's baby boomers and founding fathers then Yeah, which is all well and good. Until you change your mind about what you're passionate about. Passion is self-serving. It's egotistical and selfish. It's for you alone. And it changes. For some people it changes over years. For others it can change in minutes. Most often your passion tends to be associated with something you are good at doing. You love doing this. You enjoy it. I've met many an accountant who went into it in part due to parental expectations and bias, in other part that they were good at maths and liked earning and counting money. A few years later, the glisten of accounting can wear off and the feeling of something missing looms larger and larger. I'm going to turn to the dictionary to help us out a little here. Passion is a strong or powerful emotion. This is not the same as being engaged with work. Engaged is to occupy the attention or efforts of a person or person. Of course, you could argue that your attention will be occupied by doing something that you are passionate about. passion is good to put fire in your belly but as ryan holiday points out in his book ego is the enemy passion is for amateurs he says and continues with passion is seen in those who can tell you in great detail who they intend to become and what their success will be like though they haven't gotten there and might not even be on the right track well if passion is the fire then purpose is the fuel, it's the why you do what you do, it's why you were born, why you have the gifts and talents you have. Purpose, according to the dictionary, is the object toward which one strives or for which something exists, an aim or a goal, it's the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. As you search to make your work meaningful, it aligns with your purpose, and if you are truly blessed, aligns with your passion as well. Research at MIT Sloan Management Review found five qualities of meaningful work. Number one, it's self-transcendent. That is, it's not about you. Your work aligns with your purpose, or even is your purpose. So what we're doing is we're finding meaning in work when our work matters more to others than to just ourselves. You may not have known this, but Abraham Maslow's original hierarchy of needs had self-transcendence at the apex. Number two is poignant. Meaning does not always come wrapped in euphoria. That is, it's not passion. People often find their work to be full of meaning at moments associated with mixed, uncomfortable or even painful thoughts and feelings. It's not just when they feel happy or full of joy, but often the poignant moments of deep sadness, incredible challenge and yet having achieved something special and usually for others. Our third quality of meaningful work is it's episodic. Hence, it's not sustained. Meaningfulness at work is not consistent or sustained every day. It's those moments that remind us that the work we do has purpose, matters to someone else and has impact. We accept that there are hours, days, weeks and maybe months of what can feel like drudgery. But in the end, oh, in the end, we get a glimpse of the joy on someone's face or see the finished work. For me, those reminders are what I call the aha moments. I see or hear in a client's voice as they get it for themselves. Our fourth quality of meaningful work is its reflective. Meaningfulness comes to life when we reflect on it, we discuss it or we share it with our conscious selves or others. Sure, there are feelings in the moment, but meaningfulness comes to mind when we step back and reflect on the work done and see the purpose fulfilled. Fifthly, it's personal. It's work and life integrated meaningful work is not just about work but also in the wider context of personal life experiences it is especially powerful when meaningful work is seen by others who matter and recognized for the amazing work that it is Meaningless work is much, much easier to attain. And these are seven ways that you can effectively make anyone's work meaningless or futile. Number one, disconnect people from their values. This is most easily achieved through an organizational focus on the bottom line and the individual's focus on professionalism and quality of work. Essentially, holding profit as more important over people and service another way you can make someone's work meaningless or futile is to take your employees for granted Uh, don't recognize or acknowledge someone's hard work and don't appreciate staff for well anything thirdly give people pointless work to do please do fill as much time as possible with bureaucratic administrative tasks, especially those not directly related to their core purpose and lots of copy and paste of numbers into multitudinous reports and slides, focusing as much as possible on reports that don't matter and don't get read or acted upon. Fourthly, what you can do is treat people unfairly, hype up the meritocracy you believe in and then make sure you give the best perks to relatives, friends and those noticeably less qualified. Pay more to some people that you like and less to others. Or generally be unpleasant, lie and remove perks randomly. And if that doesn't work, well you can override people's better judgement. If someone has a good idea, well, ignore it. If someone has years of experience and questions of procedure, be sure to enforce them to do it your way or else. Increase a sense of urgency at all times and encourage corner cutting. People love it when their opinions and experience don't count. And make sure you disconnect people from supportive relationships, isolate people when possible and discourage sharing camaraderie or any relationships. Marginalise or deliberately ostracise individuals when it's possible. And seventhly, put people at risk of physical or emotional harm. Many jobs, of course, entail physical or emotional risks, and those that do them accept those risks. Unnecessary exposure to risks, though, can make staff feel vulnerable, exposed or terrified the growing requirement for physical safety and health work has reduced this somewhat in recent years so managers can turn to the more subtle approach of emotional harm through bullying for example now doing the opposite of these in your organizational team doesn't in itself provide meaningful work though this could be your own purpose But avoiding them will protect others from losing meaning in their work, which for many would be an incredible first step. So, how do you find meaningful work? I, like many others, I have written extensively on finding your purpose or your meaning, or as Simon Sinek puts it, finding your why. And much of it is very good stuff. But it takes so very long. Over the years I've found that it's better to be as simple as possible. Firstly remember the five qualities of meaningful work. It's not about you, it's going to be poignant, it may not be wrapped up in euphoria, it will be episodic, there will be moments that remind you of your purpose and make you feel good about it. Fourth, meaning comes through reflection on your activities and fifthly it will be personal it will be something that integrates your life and your work the first key to finding meaningful work is finding or clarifying your purpose your purpose is a beautiful combination it's the thing that you are designed and gifted and experienced to do so that someone else gets something that helps them. That is, you have gifts, talents and experience that mean you are equipped to solve some problem for someone. You have a solution to some problem for a target. It could be a huge purpose. Maybe you are here to solve the global warming problem. It could be more local and you are here to help build a bookshelf for your neighbour or maybe you are here to cure cancer or maybe you are here to visit cancer patients in hospital and tell them some jokes i find that most of my clients discover their problem is something that really bugs and annoys them i mean majorly so if there's a pet topic that riles you up and makes you say someone should do something about this that someone could be you So, find that thing that really riles you up and ask yourself the question are you equipped, experienced, or skilled to do anything about that problem? And who does it help? Now, just try that on for size. I could use these skills, experience, gifts of whatever they are to help fix this problem for this group of people, this target. Play with it. Talk to people who know you well about it. Discuss and share your thinking with a coach or mentor. Refine it, change it, add to it, subtract from it until you have a simple statement along these lines, I do this solution so that problem is fixed for this target. Is mine. I hack the art and neuroscience of expert leadership so that you unstuck your true potential in life and work. Yes, I've cheated. I put solution, target, then problem. You can too. That's it. You have the gifts and talents that equip you to solve something that really matters to you, for others who matter to you. Make a list, if it helps you, of those things that annoy and anger you in this world. Think on who suffers because of it and do you genuinely care about them? Make a list of your gifts and talents. To help you here, consider tasks or activities that you do easily and that you enjoy. And book a complimentary discovery session with me and we'll dig a little deeper when you're ready. Be blessed. I hope that you really enjoyed this episode and will share some highlights with the people you care about most. My team and I are working on a series of exciting new projects in this art and neuroscience of hacking expert leadership to unstuck your true potential in life and work. To learn more, visit leadershipadvantage.com or just search for Dr John Kenworthy and connect with me.